Well, once more, let me say good morning. It is good to be here with you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, Father, we thank you for all your many blessings. Father, we thank you for this season, a season uh, when we're able to, to focus on your son, Jesus Christ, and his birth. A season when many of us are able to spend time with our families, uh, reconnect with many who are from far away. And Father, we just are thinking about our families right now. Uh, we know that many are traveling. Um, even as I speak, we know that many will be traveling soon. And we just pray, Father, that you will watch over them, that you will uh, keep them safe, Father, and bring them either back to us or that you'll bring them back to their home. Uh, Father, we just pray that this has been a time of enriched relationships with each other and also a time, Father, when we've been drawn closer to you. Father, as we come to the end of this year, we just pray, Father, that you will help us to look forward to the next year with anticipation of what you're going to do for us and through us and in the world around us. Father, we pray that you'll open our eyes and open our hearts to all the ways that you are working in our world. And Father, we pray this through your Son, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. So it is the final Sunday of 2014, and we're going to spend our time this morning introducing our theme for Netherwood Park for 2015. I guess one obvious question that I probably should address right up front is a question that many of us might have is, why even have a theme? What's the purpose of a theme? Why would we want to do such a thing? Well, I think there are several answers to that, and I think the question comes out of the fact that we've observed themes um, always not used the way that maybe that they should be used. We've had many experiences where we've seen churches and organizations and businesses adopt themes, use themes, put themes out there, but they don't seem to have anything to do really with reality. They seem to be phrases oftentimes that just show up maybe at the top of bulletins or they show up on signs or bumper stickers or they might show up in advertising, but they don't seem to accurately reflect who those churches and organizations and businesses really are. In fact, oftentimes they don't even reflect what those churches and businesses and organizations are trying to be. So those kind of themes end up being nothing more than words. They don't describe the behavior of the people who are associated with those themes, nor do they even drive the behavior of the people associated with those themes. And I have to confess that in my 30-plus years here at Netherwood Park, we've been guilty of that kind of behavior as well. Guilty of having themes that lasted a year but really didn't have any kind of impact at all on what we actually did during that year. But there are good reasons to have a theme. And one thing that a theme can do is it can give structure and it can give focus to our teaching and our preaching efforts throughout the year that we have that theme. I hope that you notice that during this past year, many of our sermons and many of our classes were focused and organized around our theme for 2014. Our theme was that all may know we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And we were very intentional about exploring what it means to live as Jesus' disciples in this world. Another thing that a theme does for us, it can give us a frequent and a useful reminder of who we have chosen to be, who we have committed to be. Over the last year, we have seen our theme in our bulletin. We've seen it on our website. You've heard it in sermons. You've heard it in classes 
And I hope that it has reminded us that we have chosen to be, we have committed to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And not just disciples of Jesus Christ, but disciples of Jesus Christ that are easily recognizable by the people around us. We want to be people who are recognized as Christ followers. And we are determined that during the coming year, our new theme will also provide structure and focus to our teaching and our preaching efforts. And we hope that it will also provide for all of us frequent and useful reminders of who we have chosen to be, who we have committed to be. As you might have guessed, our 2015 theme is taken directly from Joshua 24. And it comes from verse 15, where Joshua says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that's our 2015 theme here at Netherwood Park. As for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. To help put the theme in context, I'd like to ask you to go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 24. And we'll spend some time there this morning. As many of you will remember that Joshua 24 is a part of scripture that signifies a transition time in God's story. It's a transitional point in Israel's history. You'll remember that Joshua is the great leader who took over for Moses, and he's the one who led the Israelites into the promised land. And as we read in Joshua 24, we're reading about a time where Joshua is nearing the end of his life. He's nearing the end of his service to God and nearing his end of service to Israel. So as he ends his time on this earth, he brings all the people together so one more time he can remind them of what God has done for them. He recounts the story of how God has taken care of his people. And the reason that Joshua does that is because he very much loves his people. He also does it because he's very concerned about the future of his people. And that concern is rooted in history. It's rooted in what Israel has done in the past. It's rooted in reality. Because Joshua has seen the devastating effects in the lives of his people and in the lives of his entire nation when they have chosen to serve other gods. He's seen the devastated consequences of choosing to serve the gods of the surrounding nations instead of choosing to serve the God who has repeatedly rescued them, who has repeatedly delivered them. And so as the people are all gathered together, God speaks through Joshua. And God reminds them of the promises that he has made to Abraham. And he reminds them of how he has worked through Moses and he has worked through Aaron to bring his nation out of captivity, to bring them through the Red Sea and to bring them to freedom at last. And God recounted how he had given them victory after victory and he had provided deliverance for them, deliverance for his people. Listen to some of the language that God uses in the 24th chapter of Joshua. In verse 3 he says, I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. In verse 5, God says, Then I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there and I brought you out. In verse 8, God says, I brought you to the land of the Amorites and they fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, 
He sent for Balaam to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. In verse 13, God says, I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them, and you eat from the vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. So then after all of those reminders from God, all those reminders of what God has done for his people, Joshua then brings the people to a decision point. He calls on the people to make a choice. He pushed them to make a commitment. He pushed them to make a complete and public commitment. In verse 14, Joshua speaks to his people and he says, In light of all that God has done for you, in light of all the promises that God has kept, now make sure that you fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Joshua says, Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that brings up another question for us. Why have we adopted this particular theme? Why have we adopted a theme from this point in Israel's story? Why are we echoing Joshua's words from thousands of years ago as our theme at Netherwood Park? Why did we, the leadership at Netherwood Park, choose this theme for the coming year? And we want you to know that this theme, just like Joshua as he spoke to the people, this theme grows directly out of our love for this house. And it also grows directly out of our concern for this house, for Netherwood Park. Our theme grows out of our love and concern for the Netherwood Park household. It originates in our love and concern for the Netherwood family that's been placed under our care. That's where this theme is coming from. We also want you to know that when we look at our house, when we look at Netherwood Park, we, like Joshua, are also deeply concerned Because we too have seen the results. We have seen the devastating results. And we continue to see the devastating consequences of choosing to follow the gods of the world in which we live. Instead of choosing to follow the one true God. We chose this theme because when we look at our house. We see that we often don't behave like people who are in an exclusive relationship with God. We're deeply concerned because we recognize that many of us are trying to serve multiple gods of this world. Gods like the God of money or the God of power, the God of prestige or the God of popularity, or maybe the God of pleasure. We look at our house and we see that we're trying to serve multiple gods of the world instead of serving the God who created the world. Instead of exclusively serving God, instead of only serving God. And I also want you to know that this theme wasn't chosen by a group of elders and a group of ministers who think that this is a problem for you and not for us. That's not what's going on here. 
Because we want you to know that when we look in the mirror, we see the same problems in our own lives. See, in our own lives, in our own families, we've all seen the devastating consequences of choosing to serve the gods of the world instead of the one true God. When we look in the mirror, we also see that we often behave like people who aren't in an exclusive relationship with our one true God. See, this is something that we're all struggling with together. But we hope that you'll join with us in committing to serve the Lord, in committing to serve only the Lord. And we hope that this will be a theme that encourages us all to refocus on the fact that we don't just serve a God. We serve the God. We serve the true God. In the Hebrew language, there are multiple names for God. And those names give us insight into who God is. They're names that shed light on God's nature. And one of those names for God is El Shaddai. And El Shaddai is a name that signifies power. You could translate El Shaddai as God all-powerful. But El Shaddai also is a name that signifies sufficiency. You could translate El Shaddai as God all-sufficient. You could translate it as the, the God who is all we need. You could translate it as the God who makes all other gods completely irrelevant. And during the coming year, we won't be encouraging each other to serve just a God. We'll be encouraging each other to serve El Shaddai. We'll be encouraging each other to serve our all-sufficient God. We'll be encouraging each other to serve the God who is everything we need. Everything we need. And one of the things that we'll continue to do during this next year is we will continue to remind each other of God's sufficiency. We'll continue to remind each other that God is all we need. And we'll do that by reminding each other of what God has done for us. And we'll do it by reminding each other of what God is doing for us. We'll remind each other that the God of Joshua and Israel is our God. And our God continues to provide and he continues to rescue. And we will remind each other that we are choosing to serve the God who has chosen us. That's the God we are choosing to serve. In the coming year, as we continue to make the choice to serve the Lord, as we continue to encourage each other to make the choice to serve the Lord, we're not always going to do that quietly. We're not always going to do that privately. We'll also make an an opportunity, we'll take opportunities to take another page from Joshua's book. And we'll not only remind each other of all that God has done for us, his people, but like Joshua, we'll also bring our house and we'll also bring the people of our house to make a choice, to a decision point, to a commitment point. We'll push our house, we'll push each other to make a commitment to make a complete and public commitment to serving the Lord. So I want to give all of you fair warning. Throughout this coming year, we'll be asking our house and we'll be asking the people of our house to join with us to publicly and vocally declare to each other and to our God that we will serve Him 
and we will serve him alone. We will be a house that serves El Shaddai. We'll be a house that serves the all-sufficient God. So we will commit together to serving the God of Abraham and we'll recognize that the God who took and led and kept his promises to Abraham is the God who has taken us and who is leading us and who is keeping his promises to us right now. And together we'll commit to serving the God of Moses and Aaron. And we'll recognize that the God who sent Moses and Aaron to bring Israel out of slavery is the same God who has sent Jesus Christ to bring us out of the slavery of sin. And in the coming year, we will commit together to serving the God of Israel. And we will recognize that the God who gave them land on which they didn't work and cities that they didn't build and vineyards and groves that they didn't plant is the God who gives us riches that we haven't deserved. And in the coming year, as we recognize that the God of Abraham and Moses and Aaron and Joshua is our God, we will echo Joshua and we will encourage each other to respond, respond in fear and respond in faithful service. We're not looking to respond in fear like fear of someone who is trying to do our house harm. But it's the fear that comes from recognizing that our God is El Shaddai. Our God is all-powerful. Our God is all-sufficient. It's the fear that comes from recognizing that our God is beautiful beyond description. Our God is too marvelous to put into words. Our God is too wonderful for us to comprehend. The fear that comes from understanding that our God is like nothing else that anybody has ever seen and anybody has ever heard. And together we'll respond in awe. We'll respond to him with praise. And we'll respond to him by committing to serve him. And committing to serve him alone. And we mustn't lose sight of the level of commitment that we're talking about. The level of commitment that our God calls us to. We're not talking about a halfway commitment. We're not talking about a lukewarm commitment. We're not talking about a when it's convenient commitment. We're not talking about an only on Sundays kind of commitment. No, the kind of commitment we're talking about is an all-consuming commitment. It's a white-hot commitment. It's an in-spite-of-all-obstacles commitment. It's an at-all-times-in-all-places-and-in-every-situation kind of commitment. Just as Joshua called on Israel to throw away all other gods so they could serve God and only God, we will be calling on our house to throw away, to put away, to get rid of all other gods so we are a people who serve our God and serve our God alone. And I'm convinced that's the kind of house God is calling us to be. And I'm convinced that's the kind of house that we want to be. And I'm convinced that with God's help, that's the kind of house we're going to be. So may God be glorified. May God be praised by what happens through this house in 2015. So as we close today, I want to leave us with three questions. Three questions for all of us to ponder. Three questions for all of us to consider as we go into this new year. 
three questions for us to consider as we choose whom we are going to serve. And the first question I want all of us to consider, I want all of us to ponder is this. What do we desire? What do we really desire? What is our heart set on? What are we searching for? Joshua in verse 15 said something kind of startling as he's speaking to the people. After God has recounted all the things that he has done for Israel, Joshua says this. He says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, undesirable to you, then choose for yourself whom you will serve. I think that's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Is serving God undesirable to us? Let me rephrase that question in several different ways. Is an all-consuming, white-hot, in spite of all obstacles at all times, in all places, in every situation, service to God undesirable to us? Is an all-consuming, white-hot, in spite of all obstacles at all times, in all places, in every situation, service to God, inconvenient to us? Is an all-consuming, white-hot, in spite of all obstacles at all times, in all places, in every situation, service to God, a, a burden for us? Does serving God seem unreasonable? To us? Does it seem unfair to us? Does it seem like it's too much trouble to us because it interferes with what we truly desire? So the question for us to consider is what do we truly desire? The second question for us to ponder is a related question, and it's this Do we love God more than these? You probably remember the poignant scene after Jesus' resurrection when Jesus turned to Peter and he asked him this question. Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Jesus pushed Peter to make a total and public commitment to an exclusive relationship. Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your own life? Do you love me more than other people's opinion of me? Do you love me more than all the things that made you deny me and com- publicly and completely in the high priest's courtyard? And that question was crucial for Peter, and it's crucial for us. Do we love God more than these More than these things that pull us away. More than these things that interfere with our love for God. More than these things that have caused us to publicly deny Jesus with our words and our actions. So we need to consider, we need to ponder, we need to determine, do we love him? Do we love God more than these things? And finally, we should ask ourselves this question. Will we conform or will we be transformed there's a passage that we will frequently turn to in the coming year and that's in Romans chapter 12 in verse 2 Paul writes this he 
says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In this past year, I've used the imagery of camouflage. We've talked about not camouflaging ourselves to look like the world around us, but instead we want to be transformed to stand out in the world because we look just like Jesus. In the past year, we've also used the imagery of a chameleon. And we've talked about how we don't want to be like chameleons. We don't want to act like chameleons and work very hard to blend in with the world around us. But instead, we want to be transformed into the image of Christ so it'll be obvious who our master is. It'll be obvious who we serve. So as we prepare to move into this new year, we also need to consider, are we also prepared to quit conforming and instead be transformed into the servants we have committed to be. I want you to know I'm very aware that one of the things that we can do is we can make a theme for this house. We can make a theme for Netherwood Park. But we can't make a commitment for each person in this house. We, each of us, You and me, we have to make that commitment for ourselves. So this morning, we're going to end. I'm going to ask you if you're prepared to make that commitment. I'll end by asking this house, the people who are here, are you ready to make the commitment to serve the Lord and only the Lord? So I want to ask everybody here three questions, and I want you to hear these questions very personally, very directly to you. Are you committed to making God your heart's desire above and before all else? Second question, are you committed to loving God more than anything and everything else? Thank you for that. And the third question, are you committed to transforming your life from the image of this world into the image of Jesus Christ. We've got a few that are ready to make that commitment. I'm hoping that everybody's ready to make that commitment. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do. So I'm going to close by asking everybody to stand up. I'm going to put the theme up on the board. I'm not going to put the theme. Rick's going to put the theme up on the board. If your question, if your answer to those questions was yes... Yes, I'm committed to making God my heart's desire, above and before all else. Yes, I'm committed to loving God more than anything and everything else. Yes, I'm committed to transforming my life from the image of this world into the image of Jesus Christ. If your answers are yes, I'm going to ask you to commit publicly with me to serving God and God alone. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say, Netherwood Park, choose this day whom you will serve. And if you're ready to make that commitment, I'm going to ask you to read with me the words that are on the screen behind me, our 2015 theme. So here we go. Netherwood Park, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's join together in song and let's give God all of our glory. Say.